You're listening to the Mediatrix Wellness Podcast, a show for women wanting to take charge of their healing, health, and fertility. I'm Clara Bailey, a naturopath, herbalist, and natural fertility educator based in Australia. In this podcast, I'm going to be sharing with you what I've learned professionally and personally about aligning life to the ebbs and flows of the menstrual cycle, establishing a strong knowledge base to manage your health and fertility independently. If you'd like to learn more, I create cycle awareness resources for my newsletter community, which you can subscribe to over at clarabailey.com. Now let's jump into today's episode. Earlier in the year, I found myself nearing emotional burnout. I adore my work and am so grateful that a beautiful community of wellness curious folks have gathered around my work. But with the horrific bushfire season, the pandemic, a full clinical caseload, teaching and transitioning my business entirely online, there were a lot of moving pieces. I've had many interesting conversations with friends and colleagues who are also in caring professions, and it's been a collective theme we've been navigating. Often we gravitate to the helping professions because we're naturally wired to be givers. Helping others is then profoundly ingrained in our training and in the way we show up for our livelihoods. But what happens when that deep wiring starts pushing you over the edge to burnout? How can you renegotiate the way you show up and serve that allows you to refill your inner wellspring? These were questions that I was asking. So I've spent a couple of seasons doing some deep soul work and rethinking how I structure the way I show up for my community, and I've been feeling so much better. One paper that helped me transform my thinking around boundaries and showing up was Beat Generosity Burnout by Adam Grant and Reb Rebel from Wharton University. It helped me create a structure that allows me to think how about how I can make the most impact with the love and care that I have. So if you've been feeling a little crispy around the edges from caregiving, I hope this summary and these reflections may help give you some ideas as to how you can begin to renegotiate this for yourself too. Attuning to the generosity spectrum. So Grant and Rebel created the... Con- the concept of the generosity spectrum for four broad categories of folks and how they interact. Understanding where you sit on the spectrum or what your default mode is, is helpful. Bringing awareness to how you share your energy. And you may find that you straddle a couple or you move between a few different ways of being depending on who you're interacting with. So the four, um, the, the four types, the archetypes, if you will, are takers, matches, self-protective givers, and selfless givers. So takers are folks that see every interaction as an opportunity to serve their own needs, interests, and desires. They'll, they will wring you dry if you don't protect yourself. Some red flags that you're dealing with a taker is that they assume they deserve your help and they may even demand it. They don't think twice about imposing their needs on your time. Two, matches. So these folks dance to the motto of quid pro quo. 
All interactions are to be matched and favors are to be traded evenly. They expect reciprocity. In some cases, especially when dealing with takers, this is actually a really helpful strategy, but can also be a defensive reflex if you've been burned. Self-protective givers, this is the type of generosity that knows its limits. Instead of saying yes to all requests for help, these folks look for ways that they can give that will have the most significant impact for the lowest cost of their energy. They choose ways to help that match their strengths and passions so that it's enjoyable for them to give. This is the generosity sweet spot. And then there are selfless givers. These folks chronically prioritize the needs of others over their own. Boundaries are often weak or when put in place, poorly upheld. They are especially vulnerable to takers. By foregoing tending to their own needs and refilling their tanks, they exhaust and overload themselves and ironically are less able to help others. So my 2020 mantra has been effective giving is the sweet spot. It's really hard to rewire one's immediate response from yes to no, or at least let me take a look at my schedule. The guilt, shame, and deep opposition to traits that are so greatly praised is hard, but the freedom and extra energy you receive in reward make it a thousand percent worth it. One of my favorite quotes from Brene Brown is, choose discomfort over resentment. And that's really what boundaries and saying no is all about. Short-term discomfort to prevent long-term resentment. So I found that I was straddling the self-protective and selfless line. And so I've spent the last six months or so getting super clear on how I help, who I help, and when I help. I've created firm time boundaries on when I'm in giving mode. So as a natural giver, it feels so good to open my heart and mind fully for that 25 to 60 minutes and know that when the timer is up, my work is done. I also found this blog from writer Alex Franzen. Um, There is a link to it in the blog accompanying this audio version of the blog. And it is like a crisp tonic for defining my work and life boundaries. The title of her blog is How to Write Loving Policies for Your Business and Life. And you can read mine over at my website. The link is in the blog. And I've also got a calendar reminder to revisit them every quarter to make sure they still feel right. And Alex also has a really helpful resource on ways to say no. So I've got a link for that as well. Those two things go hand in hand. Often when we're setting up boundaries, we're then going to have to use the N-word a whole lot more. So let's take a look at what um, Adam Grant and Reb Rebel developed, Seven Habits of Highly Productive Giving. Uh, And let's sort of tease each one of them apart just a little bit. So one is focus on the help requests that come your way and say yes when it matters most and no when you need to. Work out precisely what kind of requests you'd respond to and have some prepared answers for requests that for when you say you need to say no. So then it just becomes easier to elicit that as a natural response. Two, give in ways that play to your interests and strengths to preserve your energy and provide greater value. 
So if you're feeling a little bit fuzzy on what these are, I am a really big fan of the Gallup StrengthsFinder test. The insights from this test have helped me personally understand how I can build my work, life, and giving to the qualities that come most naturally to me. Just Google um, Gallup Strengths Test, you will find it. Uh, it costs about $20 to $25 to take the test, uh, and then you get a report at the end. So for an example, in my case, is that the strengths of input and learning are two of my core strengths. So this basically means that I love taking in lots of different knowledge sources and then working out ways to teach and communicate these clearly. I really adore this kind of work. The world stands still when I'm doing it. Um, and so I've decided that I take the time to write a regular blog, to share my findings freely. I offer workshops and courses that allow people to learn from me. This allows me to have the greatest impact while being in my sweet spot. Three, distribute the giving load more evenly. Refer requests to others when you don't have the time or the skills. So I have a list of people I refer people onto when it comes to questions and requests that fall outside my practice or my interests. And it feels so good to be able to connect people to others more effectively. Um, and it also just feels like this lovely abundance thing of being able to, to, to share that around and be able to, yeah, connect people with all these other incredible um, healthcare practitioners. Four, secure your own oxygen mask first. You will help others more effectively if you don't neglect your own needs. So you've got to come back to basics. How is your sleep? Are you eating three nourishing meals a day? Do you have some time each day that's just for you? If these basic needs are being usurped, you've got some pre-prioritizing to do. Five, amplify your impact by looking for ways to help multiple people with a single act of generosity. So in my case, instead of answering every single health-related question that pops up into my inbox, uh, because otherwise I'd be working in a silo, I would be forever in my inbox and uh, that wouldn't be the best use of my time. So I have my assistant, Julia, let people know that we will add that question to their answer, the question bank and answer it in an upcoming post or blog. Uh, but also legally, I'm unable to answer um, health related questions uh, without consultation anyway. Six. Chunk your giving into dedicated days or blocks of time rather than sprinkling it throughout the week. You'll be more effective and more focused. So for example, I spend 25 minutes a day uh, on Instagram, Monday to Friday, and I respond to as many questions and comments as I can in that time, uh, as well as posting if I have a post lined up for that day. Um, and then I will spend a lot longer, but in same time boundaried time slots with my students and clients. Um, and it, whatever doesn't get done that day, then will be carried over to the next. It just allows me to pace my energy. And seven, the final one, learn to spot takers and steer clear of them. They will only drain your energy. And I really don't think there is more to say on this. Uh, this can be kind of, well, this can frankly be very difficult in the beginning if you realize that you do have quite a lot of takers surrounding you. And that doesn't mean you need to expunge them from your life necessarily, but 
uh, having some really honest conversations with yourself and then with them about really setting up the rules of engagement um, and making sure that you are securing that oxygen mask on you first. So define and streamline your giving. I hope this gives some questions or poses some questions that allows you to open up to some new perspectives to ponder. And if you're an overgiver and feel that you're on the cusp of or you know you're in emotional burnout, I invite you to take some time to take a macro look at how and where your generosity is flowing to. Are they the people, tasks and ways in which you feel you can give freely? And if not, how can you start to realign your loving output while taking some time to refill your internal tanks? If you would love to dive deeper, make sure you you make yourself a nice pot of tea and have a read of the full six-part paper, Beat Generosity Burnout, that inspired this article. Um, Consider investing in the Gallup Strengths Test to identify your strengths and write some loving policies for your life and work and have some scripts at the ready for saying no. And if you feel generosity burnout is affecting your mental health, last week's blog took a dive into anxiety, which you may like to explore. I also have an upcoming one on depression in a couple of weeks. So if that's more applicable to you, keep your eyes and ears out for that. I also have a free quiz available right now called Are You Burning Bright or Burning Out? Uh, It's this really easy one-minute quiz, which will come with some love letters from me depending on your result with gentle recommendations on how to nourish yourself. So as a final note, setting boundaries and saying no will feel clunky at the beginning Uh, It will feel uncomfortable. You'll likely feel a whole lot less altruistic. But remember, you'll end up being able to give more, have greater impact, and feel so much happier in the long run. So, good luck. Thank you so much for listening along to today's show. If you'd like to learn more about me, the resources I create and the work I do as a naturopath, herbalist and fertility awareness educator, head over to clarabailey.com or you can find me over at Instagram at clarabailey underscore. I hope you have a glorious day.